Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I think having a beginner's mindset is always useful, whether it's career-wise or outside of your career. Always being curious, always having a beginner's mindset, and then you'll always be learning. Yeah, you'll never actually fail because you're just learning from your mistakes or your wins. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited for our next guest coming at us from Los Angeles. Hi, Erica. Hi. So nice to see you. I'm so excited to have you on. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Hi. Well, I'm Erica, and I currently work at Atlassian on the Trello team as a senior product marketing manager. And I'm super excited to be here today. I'm excited to have you here. And one thing that I shared with Erica before we started recording was we actually use Trello for our podcast production. So that was really cool. Yes. Okay. So tell us a little bit about when you became interested in technology. Oh, yeah. Way back in college, I guess. I had internships every semester in college. And I was very lucky and grateful that I got an internship in tech my senior year. And that was at Indeed.com, so job search site. And that's based in Austin. How meta. How meta. I yeah, exactly. literally mean meta, but like, yeah. No, yeah. And I was like, I was super grateful I got an internship there. Yeah. I remember like interviewing when I was studying abroad in Singapore and interviewing at like four in the morning. And they were like, yeah, let's hire her. So I started there as an intern and then returned as a full-time employee. And that's how I started my product marketing career. Wait, so you were interested, like you were like, okay, this tech world is something that looks intriguing, but you didn't know anything about it. Like, where did you first hear about the world of tech? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I studied at University of Texas at Austin. And at the time, I didn't know what I wanted to major in when I first got there. I was like this mostly humanities kid and also like an undergrad undeclared in the business school. And I started learning about um, this major called Management Information Systems. And we all have to take this class to learn about, like, your one-on-one for Excel and all that stuff. But I think my professors in that program really helped us introduce the world of tech um, in the business school. And that's just kind of where I started getting more intrigued about wanting to learn about the tech space and the different opportunities there outside of the typical things that they like to throw at you in the business school, which is consulting and accounting work. And I was like, no, tech is more interesting. There's more stuff to do there. So, yeah. And and you recently moved to L.A. Mm -hmm. Why L.A. versus Austin? Because Austin has a really cool tech community as well. Yeah. Austin is booming. A lot of people like to tease me when I first moved here. Like, everyone's moving from here to there. Like, what are you doing here doing the opposite move? Um. 
primarily was to just get out of Texas, try something new. I think I love Austin and it's, it's always going to have a special place in my heart and grew up there mostly. I definitely knew like I needed something different and right. I needed a challenge and choosing Los Angeles was also because I have family here. My brother and my sister-in-law mm. just moved back and I was helping them move back and they're like, why don't you just stay? So I was convinced to stay. My yeah. lease was up and came and drove me and my dog like, <laughs> to L.A. So And now you're with Trello mm-hmm. and you started your internship and indeed t- walk us through the journey of how you started your internship, where you evolved from there yeah. and how you got to become seasoned in product design. Yeah. So I started at Indeed as an intern, and at the time, I didn't know what product marketing was. I just knew, like, I have a background in information systems. I have a background in humanities, and I guess putting it together, that was why marketing worked out as a, yeah. as a career choice, and it was specifically in tech. So when I was at Indeed, I did a lot of different tasks to help support a lot of our enterprise products that would be selling to our uh, the recruiter side. So because Indeed is mostly known as like a job search site for the end user who's looking for a job, yeah, there are recruiters on there that are trying to hire people. Um, and so a lot of the products that Indeed offers is for the recruiting side. Right, and right. So I helped a lot with like managing copy, yeah. creating like pitch decks, like yeah. sales enablement materials, like all that stuff to try to like educate recruiters that are looking to use Indeed yeah. to hire. So a lot of the stuff uh, as an intern, you do a lot of the grunt work, a lot yeah. of the copy work, a yeah. lot of like things that maybe like your seniors don't want to deal with, but you're I'm young and like yeah. willing to learn and always curious to learn. So I did a lot of that. And then I had the opportunity to come back full time yeah. as a product marketer. And what a huge compliment. Yeah. I was I was surprised, but I was yeah. also very like, okay, great. Like yeah. I guess did a good enough work like for as a first one of their first interns, yeah. I think. So at the at the company for marketing. So it was and, great. And then and then how did you continue to evolve? I um continued evolving um in the sense of like trying to stay open-minded on understanding what else there is in the marketing world within tech. And I know as an intern, and I continued doing this even when I started full-time, had coffee chats with everybody that I could think of yeah. throughout the marketing team. Yeah, And then also had coffee chats with everybody like on the product side, because that's like who you work with a lot is the product people and your sales team. And that just helped me just become a better, I think, product marketer, just understanding who I'm working with and also like our end users, our customers that we deal with on the day to day. Yeah. And remembering like at the end of the day, you are the voice of the customer. So like what, how are you bringing their perspective and they're being empathetic to their problems and what you're trying to solve for them. When did you end up leaving Indeed and moving on to your next role? Yeah. So from uh, Indeed, I was there uh, from 2018 until 2021, long time the pandemic hit. And that was uh, definitely a change to have been in the office for quite a bit um, for my internship and then full time and then having to transition to just fully remote. And I think in that space, I just knew I I felt like I think the world was just changing so much during the pandemic, obviously. And then internally, it's just like time to like slow down and reflect like, where do I want to take next part of my career? 
And so that was when I was just thinking about like, what are technologies I use on a day to day? Like, what are things I'm really passionate about or really interested in yeah. being a part of? And Trello was one that I used at my job. Yeah. And indeed. So like when I hear you using Trello, it's like, yeah, like people sometimes just use it. And yeah. like when I hear people just use it on their day to day of whatever use case, it's just so cool to hear like yeah. how they use the product in their own way like, right. to solve something. So I use Trello for, at school and then I use Trello at work. So I was like, I wonder if they're hiring. That's so cool. Yeah. And so I applied. Did you apply through Indeed? I <laughs> I wish I could say that. I sh- like they. Um, I applied through LinkedIn, which is Indeed's competitor, but it's fine. Yeah, they're most of the tech jobs are still on LinkedIn. I see some beef. I mean, yeah, there's still a little bit of beef, you know. But it's, I, you know, LinkedIn has a good product. So no, yeah. they're all. Listen, it doesn't matter where we find it, our job as long as we find it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And what was the process like to onboard at Trello? Oh my gosh! So. Trello was acquired way back when, 2017, and they are now part of Atlassian. So for viewers or like listeners who don't know this, yeah, Trello is part of Atlassian, which Atlassian is also known for Jira and Confluence. Um, and which are huge tech companies. Which are yeah, yeah huge like user base and fans of those as well. Um, and Trello is arguably larger for fan base. But anyways, I digress. Um, <laughs> for the onboarding portion, Atlassian did a great job, honestly, like onboarding everybody remotely. They have core values that they stand by, like don't fuck the customer, no bullshit, yeah. like open company, no bullshit, yeah. all this stuff. And they stand by that really well on the onboarding process. So it was two days online. And you would think like, oh, God, it's like non-ending Zoom calls. Yeah. But it was really actually really engaged and everyone was really excited. And they gave us like they sent everybody a box of like goodies and stuff. Yeah. And we all like logged in and they had they done a really great job with just like understanding, like having us understand the culture. Like it wasn't necessarily product onboarding. It was definitely Atlassian's culture. Right. Onboarding. Yeah. So. And you talked about. I don't know if you could use this word. I want to say corporate. Can you say corporate? Yeah. Like all those kind of – it's corporate because corporate corporate usually has like this negative connotation. Yeah. And so saying corporate fan bases (laughs) sounds real weird. (laughs) Yeah. But they are corporations. So how do you cultivate a fan base? Like what do you think aided to creating such a great fan base? I'm always so inspired by the startup Beehive and the fan base the Beehive has cultivated. And it's really made me explore um, customer evangelism for the different companies and and how does someone uh, build up a community in that way. And you said that there were three different companies all with different fan bases and you made the joke that maybe Trello has the biggest one but what do you notice between the three different ones and how were they cultivated yeah no that's a great question um well when I joined Trello two and a half years ago uh the team the marketing team was definitely bigger yeah um we've just gone through a lot of like internal changes but I like with that the the fan base hasn't changed right And I think it's partially because the product is so good. Yeah. Like people just, you say Trello, people are like, oh, I've used Trello. I yeah. use it for my to-do lists and I've right. used it to plan my wedding and I used it to plan this vacation. Exactly. Or I use it for this podcast. Yeah. Like, we use it to pre- edit our episodes. <laughs> yeah. 
And, and then the other part of it is just like, because the community was built around such a good product and the product was like free for a very long time. Right. So you just build like this loyalty around it. And I, I have to give kudos to like the marketing team that came before me too for Trello, which built that strong yeah. loyalty around that community. So, and, and what, what do you think something we could take away are the main things with Trello or the other companies you shared that yeah. really aided to building up that fan base yeah. in a successful way? But here, I'll take it back for a second because I think a lot of corporations think the word community or fan base mm-hmm. means we need a discord. We need a circle. We need, mm, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, nope. Like, and then they're like, yeah. why isn't anyone posting? We have to make them post. <laughs> right. We, what can we do to like convince them to post? Like, don't you get it? If somebody is not engaging, it's because they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we trying to make people do something they don't actually want to be doing? Yeah. So that you've created these or been inside organizations that have created these successful fan bases. What does it look like? actually to have a successful fan base as as a company? Yeah, I think it comes from a combination of different places where you're essentially encouraging the user, I think, to organically showcase their love for a product. Um, Trello didn't have a community channel until they were acquired by Atlassian. Atlassian has a, c- a greater community channel, and that has like millions of people in it and following and posting every day. But I think where Trello comes in with it's just they had a stronger organic community of people just posting online, sharing this product like mouth to mouth of like, hey, if you heard of Trello, use this easy to onboard, easy to use, easy to just like have anybody figure it out. Like your like their old marketing tag was like even your grandmother could use it. Like it's just a very easy, simple product. And I think what helped it, too, was thinking about it globally. And sometimes that's kind of the difference that I see a little bit in the culture difference uh, between Trello and, like, maybe our other products at Atlassian during Confluence. It's just Trello has built a large global fan base as well. They didn't just think um, within Australia, which is where Confluence and Jira was created, or not just in the U.S. We have a huge fan base in Brazil. They uh, like it's just organic. They yeah. just keep using the product. Like that's their second largest market. And having like our Trello blog, I think contributed a lot to that. We have like over three million visitors per month that come to this blog for information and people can also write in it if they want to be an author. So I think it was just like things that our marketing team at the time like knew like they've truly listened to what was important to what the customer and the user loved about Trello and just you know, fed it and just it grew from there. And where for you does marketing strategy and UI meet? Because like one of the things that I found really complicated or frustrating as a creator is just because someone may visit a site doesn't mean they'll do something on the site or they'll yeah. stay on the site or they'll interact because then the UI isn't communicating the message, which is also marketing, knowing the right color, knowing the right yeah. um, shapes, knowing where to put the the buttons. So for you in your role, where does marketing, advertising, et cetera, meet design and UI? Yeah. With our design team at Trello, I'm just really lucky that we have really intelligent and creative designers. They just get it knowing what a user will interact with or not interact with. And I think the brand that Trello has built is a fun, easy to use, 
you can use it for your business, you can use it for personal use, but easy to use productivity tool. And everything that they've created on the Trello website, it just surrounds that vision. And when they say fun, like we have a taco like Husky, that like that's our mascot. And so I see that taco. Yeah. (laughs) And so he's he's there. Like sometimes people are now questioning, like, where is he? Like, is he still on the website? Like, he's still there. We still have him. Like, we still have stickers of taco. When you go to like different events, we have taco passed around. And I think just knowing that we are in sync with like the design team of like thinking about what the user needs or like what the user has expressed is like a frustration. We're like, we're listening to their feedback. Yeah. We're on it when they su- submit that support ticket or they're like submitting something on the community pages. Like this is frustrating. We hear them and we take this back to the team and then they're very strategic about like how they design stuff on the site. And so. what does your day-to-day look like? Oh, it, de- it depends on the day. My days are busier than usual because we've had a lot of different changes on the team. So um, when I first joined like two and a half years ago, we had like 13 people on the team and now it's just me. So it's been different. I was first hired to like do B2B marketing for enterprise. And now I'm like in the B2C side, which is like a little bit newer to me, but it's fascinating. So I get to try my best to balance like the sales enablement stuff that I still need to help the Trello enterprise team with on top of like everything else that we need to think about for B2C marketing for, for Trello. So trying to make sure like our, our um, new initiative that we're trying to get like cross flow users into trying Jira or into trying Confluence. That's like right. a, a big push for us right now. Right. And just making sure people are still active on Trello on a month-to-month basis. And right. Like still loving the product and bringing that feedback to the product team and making sure that they're hearing it and putting it in their roadmap. So. Are there certain blogs or books that you read to – like I, I'm thinking – I can't think of it right now, but there's something like marketingexperiments.com or something. Don't write that in stone. Like I can't remember the exact thing. That's really interesting yeah. blog to – Whatever it was, I have to Google it to find the right URL. Um, Is there a certain blog or or YouTube channel or book that helps you advance your skills? Yeah, well, there's a product marketing alliance group, which I'm a part of right now as a free member. And now I've been thinking about like applying as like a paid member. But that group is actually still relatively new. I think they've only been around for the last couple of years. And that place has so many like great resources to just understand the structure of how you need to develop some of your strategy for product marketing and what we're thinking about when we do go to market launches for new features that come out for your product or in this case Trello yeah like how you're communicating that effectively internally as well as externally so so yeah. the product marketing alliance group yeah PMA. (laughs) And and well included in the show notes, too, if anybody else is interested. The next question I want to ask, please feel free to tell me we can cut it if it's too personal. Sure. You shared your team was 13, and as many tech companies right now, now it's you. So it's a very common thing in multiple companies. First of all, huge compliment to you. (laughs) Also, and I saw your face, you're like, do you have any, like, survivor's remorse or something like that? I don't know how to describe it, but – from knowing you the just a little bit, mm-hmm. you're a very kind person. Thank you. And I can imagine that that's a very awkward position yeah. for you. I don't want to speak for you, but a kind person who sees your peers who you probably respected and valued, and you – I would imagine, again, you haven't told me this. I'm just like – if I were in your shoes and seeing how kind you are, you probably are like, like they didn't deserve this in their life. Yeah. 
How do you psychologically process that? I ask that because I'm sure there's a lot of people experiencing what you're experiencing right now. And also a lot of people who had the flip side and and had to move on. So maybe they could have a little bit more peace in their heart to hear like your side of the story, if you're comfortable. Yeah, no, I'm happy to share. Yeah, it is a little bit of survivor's guilt and sometimes uh, like imposter syndrome that I deal with. Um, I also know it was a combination of factors just of understanding things are out of my control. And and at the end of the day, there was a combination of people who chose to leave, people who didn't have a choice, and people who've been moved off to a different part of the business, like to different products. Right. And... At the end of the day, it's just like reminding myself that I'm grateful for all those experiences with these people because they've taught me so much. Like right. all these folks I look up to and they're, they've been like mentors to me since I started at Atlassian. And they're still mentors to me yeah. if we're still connected and stuff. Like, And I, I definitely think it's just given me pause to understand like what – like taking inventory in my life of like what I can still be grateful for understanding I think you and I were talking about earlier like how can we feed back into ourselves yes I think for the longest time in my like not super long career but like I work super hard and like I'm willing to do the grunt work I'm a type of person who's not like doesn't have a high ego right right, I'm willing to do what it takes to get something done yeah and now I'm like, okay, what can I do to like step back and pause? Because I'm literally the only person handling a job that used to be handled by an entire team. Yeah. So it's been helpful to teach, like, learn when to just step back, slow down, when to say no, um, when like five product managers are coming at me for like different stuff. Mm, boundary setting. Boundary setting. Oh my yeah. It's the, the hardest thing. for nice people. Yeah. <laughs> It's so hard. Yeah. So hard. Yeah. It's been like it's it's been nice to kind of kind of like undo a lot of the people pleasing that I've I feel like I yeah. grew up with and yeah. now like this is challenging me in like the right way yeah. to like stop doing that. So I was just on this trip and I came back and I send myself a postcard on every trip I go and I and the postcard just arrived a couple days ago. Yeah. I was international and it said you are now safe to love abundantly because you can be protected since you're competent enough to put boundaries into place. Wow. For so long, I feel like I've tried to like reel back in my love because I wasn't safe in loving mm-hmm. and understanding that, oh, no, I can be fully me in love yeah. and set boundaries in tandem and the boundaries are what protect me. That For me, that was a really um, empowering thing to like kind of self-discover. Yes. Yeah. And it sounds like with you, you want to be the helpful person. You mm-hmm. want to do as much as you can for everybody. And it's not about limiting how helpful you are. It's just putting the boundaries in place so that you can be as helpful as you're able to be. Exactly. Yeah. Because if I... I'm learning now, like, if you can't take care of yourself well enough, then you won't be able to be there for other people the way you'd like to be. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. There's so much going on in the tech space right now with this, you know, shift in in talent structuring and so many people who are feeling jostled. What do you – like, if you had some intuitive piece of – like guidance or something 
in general as an ethos, especially since you worked for a job company, Mm -hmm. (laughs) is there something hopeful you can tell us as a community and how to perceive this? The one thing that I think is like some people maybe – I'm not saying a trail. I'm saying in general because this has happened across the board at all the tech companies. Yeah. um, That – Maybe some people didn't like their jobs and this was the permission that they needed to start to build what they wanted to build. But for the people who really like love their jobs and and are feeling genuinely jostled, what's something hopeful you could tell us about what's next? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I first off would say like my heart goes out to anybody who is in a position where they're, you know, applying to jobs right now. Maybe they're not hearing the news that they would like to hear it's hard. Before I started at Atlassian, it took me over 100 job applications before I got my position at Trello. And I'm so grateful because all the no's that I got led me to the right yes. Mm. And it took time. It took me over a year. Like I was still like at the I was grateful. I still had like a job. I was still working at Indeed. But, you know, I, I knew I was itching for something different. And this was the opportunity that I think the right timing in the right place. Um, and it, I applied a year prior and didn't hear back from the recruiter. And then wow. I applied a year later and then heard back. And that's when my interview process really took off wow. with this company. So I would say just have faith. Like it's easier said than done, but have faith in yourself and you know, like things will work out as the universe, as cliche as, yeah, as, yeah. as the universe kind of helps you through yeah. that period. And just kind of reflect on, like, what do you truly want, like, within yourself? Like, our job at the end of the day, we're, as much as I love Trello and Atlassian, we're not saving lives. Yeah. Like, maybe we're making technology that helps, like, yeah. hospitals or something to save <laughs> lives. But don't define your identity just by your job. Like, think about this time that you have right now as you're applying. What else do you value? What are your core values in your life, in your greater life? And I think that just kind of helps remember like day to day what what you want to do next totally the culture I think is what kind of brings it together in the chaos uh the family aspect we I don't like to say your work family is your family like work is work but the people that I've gotten to work with who may no longer be part of the company they're my friends too and I think that it just shows the culture that Trello was able to bring and also move forward with like the Atlassian like acquisition and stuff. So culture is super important at any company, but especially in tech. And I really appreciate you sharing that you applied to a hundred yeah. different and you applied to a hundred different places before all this tech, tech shifting stuff. happened. Exactly. And yeah. it had to be a hundred. I think that's a really empowering thing to hear. Yeah. Um, other people who have to do things a hundred times are startup founders get rejected literally a hundred or more times before an investor says yes. I think yeah. we – and then talking about applying again, not just kind of sulking like, oh, they don't want me. I heard um, – I don't remember which one, but a NASA astronaut applied mm-hmm. something like eight times or more, just kept applying, kept applying, and finally became an astronaut. an astronaut. Wow. Yeah. It takes a lot of resilience to live life. <laughs> yeah, it does. It takes a lot of resilience and also just reflecting like don't not to take it personally yeah. at all when you get a no. Like it's, it's so it's sometimes hard. out of your control. You don't know why sometimes you get a no. Maybe it's the team ran out of budget, that position is closed, which has happened to our team a lot yeah. where we think we're hiring and then we yeah. can't. 
it's it's sometimes it's really not about you. It's just the situation. Yeah. You just gotta gotta know to not take that personally. It's so hard. That's uh that's really, really powerful. Even with what you and I were talking about before we started recording and the kind of challenges I'm, you know, experiencing and decisions I want to make with We Are LA Tech, I mean, that could even apply, apply like, you know, if I do the thing that I want to try and I get a bunch yeah. of no's, I have to remember it's not a personal thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, yeah. A, it's really good guidance. Um what speaking of guidance and obstacles, what is an obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it in your career? Oh, in my career. I mean, what one of them, I guess, that we just talked about was making sure that like no matter how many no's I get, I'm gonna apply and keep a trying. And like even if it's it doesn't work out right now, something will work out in the future. And I think also just the challenge of knowing like what we mentioned earlier, like having a smaller team of one now. Yeah. There were so many people who I looked up to and I felt like were more seasoned in their career. And sometimes I would question myself, like, how why am I still here? Like yeah. what how am I still here? Like, and I'm grateful I'm here, but yeah. I'm also just kind of like this is a lot for yeah. somebody who's still trying to learn as they as they go and like totally. figure it out with the team. And so I think it's just realizing taking on that obstacle and removing my ego from it. Yeah. And just knowing like at the end of the day, I'm talking to like our CEO or I'm talking to our VP of product as they're a human. Yeah. It's not it's like taking away their title. It's like, how would I talk to this person as just a human being about this problem that we're trying to solve? And I think that helps a lot with trying to just get over that imposter syndrome that sometimes I'm still working through. Totally. I have imposter syndrome all the time as well. I think a lot of us do and we don't make it known. And so I really appreciate you sharing openly. Um, Who is a a must follow for you, do you think? Like it could be even in your personal life interests, like a book that you really liked or or something you've watched or a podcast episode. Yeah. Who's a must follow? A Twitter profile? A Twitter profile. Wow. Oh, I actually, I don't have Twitter. Sorry to No, it's okay. But no, it's okay. But anything. anything. YouTube, blog, book, yeah. movie. Yeah. 10% Happier is Ooh. something that I, I followed for a few years. Um, it's a podcast by Dan Harris. Nice. And I love that podcast. I definitely recommend it to anybody who... Oh, I'll listen. Yeah. 10% Happier. 10% Happier. Whether you're into meditation or you're just like, what is meditation? That podcast I recommend. Brene Brown. She's yeah. also a big inspiration to me. So I love her podcast as well and all her books. And I would say your podcast as well. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. so sweet of you. No, I was like, I was very honored and just super nervous to come <gasps> today. But I was like, that's pretty so cool. Like, oh I just want to learn from her. So oh you guys should definitely follow her. Oh, so thank yeah. you. And shout out to Shannon, who has become a personal friend. Um, she's a podcast listener. She's been a guest. She's a friend. She's a We Are Tech Club member. She keeps trying to tell me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that people listen in my head. We too, and, and yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. So thank you. I so as you're sharing with me, I am receiving because I'm thinking about Shannon being like, will you please hear people when they tell you? <laughs> Go Shannon. She's right. <laughs> um, speaking of Shannon, actually, I remember before we started recording, I told you there's two events in LA that are must attend. One of them mm-hmm. is Shannon's. Okay. And so if anybody's in LA, Shannon does, um, it's called uh, SoCal Tech Monthly. Mm-hmm. 
It's at Michael's in Santa Monica. It's once a month. And it's awesome. Wow. Like, it's genuinely, like, real. I'm not BS. Like, it's really awesome. Okay. And great, kind, smart people, um, primarily in the tech space, of course. Sometimes yeah. there's somebody curious about tech, but mostly tech people. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's only 10 bucks, and she puts out food and everything. It's, like, a really comfortable atmosphere, and she's so genuine. Yeah. That's so cool. So, yeah. yeah. So Cloud Tech Monthly. And we'll include it in the show notes as well. No. Helpful to people who are new to L.A., like myself. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's my must follow. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, okay, last question. And we both love Trello. So aside from Trello, and without not Confluence, not Jira. So aside from those okay. as well. Okay. Uh, what is a tech tool that you really like or mobile app or something like that? Just a website that you're like, oh, it's so awesome. Oh my gosh. Could be personal or professional. Okay. Well, the personal ones that I like using every day. Headspace. Oh yeah, based great here in LA. App, yeah, great meditation app. Um, and I'm also into my Duolingo streak right now, <laughs> trying to learn Spanish. I just got back from Mexico last week, so I'm hola. trying to like hola. <laughs> and I think for like my day to day outside of like Trello, I'm. I mean, I'm really, I'm a Google girl. Like I yeah. love using my like Google Docs, Google my Google Calendar. Docs. Yeah. yeah, like I, I won't say I use it over confluence of course but yeah my google calendar without that i wouldn't be here with yeah. you knowing where to be totally so, yeah and shout out to Candly, uh which is a great tool for mm-hmm. scheduling which syncs with the google calendar which yeah. makes it easy for me that like when something's booked in calendly just shows up in our calendars yeah thank you so much for hanging out with the women in tech thank podcast you. how can people connect with you yeah you can find me on linkedin my full name erica storley erica with a k um you can also find me on instagram stories with storley um but yeah, you can connect with me on either either of those. And we'll include it in the show notes. My last question, best piece of advice you've gotten in your career to help you move forward? Oh my gosh. I think having a beginner's mindset is always useful, whether it's career-wise or outside of your career. And I grew up Buddhist, so that's something that's just stuck with me throughout my life. But always being curious, always having a beginner's mindset, and then you'll always be learning. Yeah, you'll yeah. never actually fail because you're just learning from your mistakes or your wins so i agree i'm a forever student as well thank you so much thank you to connect and collaborate with more amazing women in tech around the world remember to go to womenintechvip.com that's womenintechvip.com say hello on social at women in tech show on twitter on instagram on facebook i will see you talk to you all the things in the next episode bye bye Hey y'all, this is Erica Storley. I'm a senior product marketing manager at Atlassian on the Trello team. Atlassian is a global software company that creates products to help unleash the potential of every team based in Los Angeles, California. And you are listening to Women in Tech. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.